Howdy guys, Jimmy Song here for Off Chain. Um, you know, I, I got back from uh, Satoshi Roundtable in the last, uh, you know, 24 hours. Um, just have to say, like, uh, my body pays a toll every time I go to these conferences. You know, you're up all night, uh, well, not all night, but you're up pretty late, you're drinking sometimes, and, you know, you make videos that Max Kaiser puts on his Twitter stream. Um, anyway, lots of things happen and, you know, you generally don't get that much sleep and you're having to be up early so you can like attend all of the different interesting things. So, uh, you know, at least for me, I just, I just need like a whole day to recover and I've, I've been trying to recover. I think I slept like 12 hours, uh, which feels awesome. Um, should try to do that if you can, uh, you know, definitely heals your body a little bit. Um, I also needed to detox. I, um, yeah, I had some sugar, uh, that, that felt awful. I, I'm, I'm not sure if it was the alcohol or the sugar that made me feel bad. I, my, my hypothesis is that they both sort of have like a similar effect on my body and, you know, I just feel awful the next day or just feel super lazy and not productive and you know, cutting sugar and alcohol out of my life or, long stretches of time tends to help in that regard. I can, you know, put out a lot of content for you guys. I can, uh, you know, write code and, you know, work on my programming blockchain seminars or the book or, you know, um, you know, this, this thing we're setting up at blockchain capital, lots of different things. Um, you know, I, I obviously, um, you know, uh, doing all of that requires a lot of energy and, uh, and that's, that means that I got to stay off the sugar, the sauce. So yeah, I'm paying for it right now. Uh, I think I've mostly detoxed. Anyway, I wanted to talk a little bit about proof of stake. Um, so I've been getting this question quite a bit. And th this is uh, pretty much every city I've visited. So, you know, Charlotte, London, um, Amsterdam, Tel Aviv, um, even down in Mexico. Um, you know, I, I, I get this question a lot. How can we justify proof of work when there's this proof of stake thing, right? Like, uh, at, at least in the minds of the people that are asking me, you know, they're they're saying, hey, we're wasting all of this electricity and, you know, where we could go to this other thing that doesn't cost us anything and therefore is much, much better. And, uh, and you know, I, I didn't really take that argument very seriously because I've done some analysis. Um, and, you know, I, I was like, well, okay, it, it sounds really good, proof of stake, but uh, the, the work still has to come from somewhere, right? Like, um, economically, if it costs, you know, if, if it's worth some amount of, uh, you know, cryptocurrency to actually produce, uh, well, that's, that's what the price is going to get to. And, you know, human action or some, some form of human effort is going to go towards getting that, whether it's in the form of electricity or creating miners or versus, you know, getting loans and grinding stake and stuff like that. Th those are all sort of like concerns that you should have about proof of stake. But I don't think a lot of people know about that. So in this video, uh, my, my purpose is to just sort of talk through exactly what proof of stake is and why it doesn't really make any sense. Um, so uh, first of all, there, there are a couple of different proof of stake things that, that you need to know about. First is sort of like the very pure proof of stake. And this, uh, this means that all of the coins are sort of created at the beginning and then sort of distributed. And whoever wants to stake 
their coins. They, they sort of lock up their coins for some period of time. And in exchange for that, they get to get some of the transaction fees. Um, they also get to compose the blocks, right? And they get to um, get transaction fees out of um, each block. And, uh, and you know, it sounds good, um, except it's, uh, it's not actually that secure, right? Um, well, well, we'll get to that in a second, but that's, that's more or less it. Like you, you have, uh, you know, say there's a million, uh, million coins being staked. If you have like 10,000 coins uh, that you're staking personally, you have a 1% chance of getting the stake. That's uh, getting the uh, transaction fees. And that's, uh, you know, sort of the uh, idea behind it. And of course, in order to actually stake, you need to make sure that you're, um, you're, you know, composing the blocks and stuff on a timely manner. Otherwise, you know, there's there's all this fallover and stuff like that. Great. Um, the other sort of proof of stake, and this is sort of more Ethereum, uh, Ethereum's thing, is uh, instead of just transaction fees, you already have sort of like this distribution of Ethereum already. Um, so from at least as I understand it, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you stake your coins, uh, and this is the whole Casper thing. You stake your coins, and uh, you you get a chance not just at the transaction fee, but also some sort of my, uh, what what would have been the minor reward. This is like the staking reward, right? Um, and you know that that way sort of continues to increase uh, from a uh, you know their inflation schedule continues unabated. Um, if you don't know, Ethereum has a constant inflation. So, um, you know, it, it trends towards infinity, uh, but as a percentage, it decreases every year um, asymptotically, something like that. But anyway, uh, that's that's what they're trying to do. And so I wanted to talk about it because there's this perception that proof of stake, you get all of the benefits of proof of work without any of the cost. And that's just simply not true. Um, so let's talk about it. So from a security perspective, there's a lot of worrying things. Um, it's not secured by anything, right? Like you have like a single signature and and if you if you wanted to uh well so in order to sort of like choose who's going to get that reward you have like if you have ten thousand coins in a million coin stake um uh, you know total stake you have like a one percent chance if you are uh selected then great you you get that reward so it's it's sort of like random right so uh, it, uh, where does that randomness come from? Like, how do you determine who gets that, uh, you know, uh, like which person you choose? And usually they, they use some form of entropy, like the Merkle root or whatever. Um, and it turns out that that is uh gameable, right? Like, uh, and this is, uh, Andrew Polstra stake grinding, uh, technique, uh, which, which more or less, um, you know, devolves proof of stake to proof of work, which is that you can change the Merkle root. You can you can add a new transaction. You can change your transaction. You can you can do lots of things to a transaction, and more or less uh, change the Merkle root, and therefore create a new randomness. And you can try that randomness un until your uh, you get the stake. So it's actually not secure because even though you 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 sign the block or whatever, somebody can sort of go back in history and change it so that they uh, they have they are the ones that have the right to compose that block. 
So it, uh, and you know, you can game it in such a way where you can like just reorg uh, a lot of history. And at this point, you might be saying, "Well, can't we do something about that?" Right? Like, you know, like if there's a hundred block reorg, um, there's this social community that's going to say, "Well, you're obviously trying to stay blind. We're going to get rid of you, um, and we're we're going to make sure that this fork is the one that we, you know, the the legitimate fork, the one." Uh, that you know we think is correct is is going to go on fine okay maybe maybe a hundred block reorg won't happen but that also gives up a very very big property which is that you are no longer uh, really decentralized um, it's it's more or less based on somebody saying hey this is the, this is the correct chain or whatever and uh, that can be kind of pro problematic also if you if you are sort of going on a, a like a block by block basis, um, you can you can sort of uh, stake grind in a way as to not make it obvious that you are uh, sort of stake grinding. You can you can make a you you can have like five different uh, you know potential blocks where you win all of them uh, on different portions, and nobody really knows um, you know that you are stake grinding. It looks like all of them are are more or less legitimate. Um, so, I mean, there, there's lots of ways in which uh, that can happen. And the thing about stake grinding is that it's almost exactly the same as proof of work. You, you have to uh, go through like more or less a nonce of a transaction. So you change it slightly so that the Merkle root changes and uh, so that you, your, your stake is the one that gets picked. So, um, yeah, I, 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 it, it's, it's interesting, uh, but it's not really secure. So that, that's like a major, major objection. Um, with proof of work, what you have is, uh, you know, a, an objective thing. You have to get the hash of the block header to be below a certain number. And, uh, and it's very, very difficult to produce. Uh, to do a hundred block rework takes an enormous amount of uh, computing power and there's no way um, well, I, there probably is a way, but it, it just costs so much money that uh, that same amount of money can be utilized on the Bitcoin blockchain and you can you can just uh, make the mining reward and it's it's not worth going back. Uh, but with proof of stake, it's totally worth going back because it doesn't it, it just uh, you just have to grind out a few nonces. So um, in a way, it's 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 not really that secure. And, and we've gone through this from like. I, I think PureCoin uh, was like at least conceptually there, like starting in 2010, and no, nobody's really uh, you know figured out a way to fix that without like sort of some centralization force, either some sort of like uh, you know, hey, uh, we're the authority here, and, like this is what Ripple does, we're the authority, and we're we're going to more or less uh, tell you which one's the correct way to go, um, and that's highly centralized, right? Like they, and you know, if if that's the kind of currency you want. That's the currency you can get. Um, of course, that means that you are beholden to whatever Ripple says, right? Like if if they want to take away your ripples, or uh, if they, if they want to say you you don't you don't want to do whatever, then you know, uh, you know, if we don't like this transaction. We're going to reverse it. You know, I mean, that's that's up to you, right? I don't see how that's really that different than you know central banking or like fiat system but you know i mean you, that that is a legitimate way that you can you can go but it's it, it doesn't have the same properties as bitcoin um and you know proof of stake more or less devolves to that case if if, if you want it to be secure because you need some sort of way to determine which chain is legitimate and uh and at least with bitcoin there is a legitimate way it's uh it's utilizing 
something like, uh, I mean, it's utilizing proof of work, which is very, very difficult to construct. Uh, proof of stake is very easy to construct. So you can you can fake it uh, very easily. And you you either have to rely on the goodwill of everybody else, which is not a good idea on an adversarial network, or you have to, you know, more or less uh, like trust the central authority of something uh, of some kind, um, which uh, which kind of defeats the purpose. Then again, uh, I guess if you're an altcoin, that that's uh, that's kind of what you're already doing. You have a creator or somebody that usually sort of dictates where you're going to go with everything. So um, in many ways, uh, you know, I, I, I just don't trust proof of stake. Um, so that that's sort of on the security side. Let's let's talk about the economic side, and this is this is this is the one that bothers me more. Actually, um, a lot of people seem to think that you get proof of stake for free, and this is not true. Even if you could come up with some sort of system where you have, uh, you know, proof of stake, and you know somebody, uh, you know, a lot of people are staking, and you get they they have a chance at the you know uh, the fee reward or whatever. Um, the cost of the of creating that block uh, or the reward for creating that block is some amount say like it's you know a thousand dollars worth of whatever currency um in bitcoin obviously it's a uh, 12 and a half bitcoins plus whatever fees and you know uh, the long-term trend line is that uh the cost of creating a block will trend towards uh the reward of that block right that, that that's just how economics goes. If uh, you know, in any sort of commoditized thing, and Bitcoin blocks are definitely commoditized. Um, stake it, it it does the same thing. If if it's a thousand dollars per block, then people are going to spend up to a thousand dollars to create. It. And you can certainly use something like stake grinding, but you can also do other things, right? Like you can go and get like uh, if if say the coin locks your coins up for a year. Um, you can also get loans and like provide li liquidity uh, for people that want to stake for shorter amounts of time. And, you know, they, those are all costs, right? Like you, you, you have to like go and get, uh, you know, people to loan you uh, those amounts and, you know, uh, provide them liquidity at the right time and things like that. Uh, the economic activity required to get to that is, is still going to be the same. And, you know, like people say, oh, well, but we're wasting all this electricity. Well, you're you're also wasting a lot of time and money and people's effort in staking as well. Like if it's going to be if the reward is a thousand dollars, people are going to spend up to a thousand dollars to get that reward. That's just economic reality. That's market dynamics. And uh, and if you don't think there's any way that they can do that. Uh, then you 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 lack imagination and you lack an entrepreneurial mindset because that's exactly how uh, how how these things shake out. So uh, basically, uh, it, it's it's a lot like uh, you know, kind of like electric cars or something like that, where people sort of feel good that the last step doesn't necessarily pollute as much, uh, but you know, you're you're not looking at the rest of the economic activity that came before it. Right. Uh, yeah. Gasoline pollutes more than electric car at the very last step. But that's about the only step you're counting. If you're saying electric vehicles are superior to gasoline, where does the electricity for the car come from? Right. How was the battery for the electric car manufactured? Like like there, there's all sorts of other costs to making that car and all sorts of, uh, you know, you know, economic activity that happened beforehand that you are not aware of. It just makes you feel good because the very last step happens to be a little more efficient. 
you have no idea if the all of the steps beforehand were more efficient or not. And and this is uh this is a common problem in economics is that people only think about what they can see and not what they can't see. And the great thing about markets is that you know you have prices. Prices tell you exactly how much something costs from an economic activity perspective. And if you if you you know I and th this is really the only objective metric that you have to determine whether or not something is actually good for the economy or not. Um, if it, if it's cheap, you're going to tend to buy more of it, right? Like if it's uh, too expensive, you're going to buy less. That's that's just how it is. Um, and and you know, like electric cars have sort of uh, you know, I I like electric cars. Don't get me wrong, right? Like uh, you know, but. Like to say it's better for the environment is a blanket statement that you can't make without knowing all of the steps that happen in between. And proof of stake is very much like that. You don't know what led the person to have that amount to stake. And you don't know what 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 like shenanigans they have to go through to get, you know, whatever it is. So uh, in, in many ways, uh, it's just sort of proof of stake ends up being sort of a very obscure proof of work, whereas proof of work is pretty transparent, right? Would you rather have a transparent thing or an obscure thing? Uh, proof of work is very nice in the sense that you know exactly how much it costs, right? Like you know the you know the capital costs of the miner, you know the costs of electricity, um, or more or less you can guess at them and and things like that. So you know what how much economic activity it took, and you can you, you can uh, you know that the transparency encourages more people to come up uh, with something that's more obscured like proof of stake. Um, that's not the case. Now, that said, Decred has something interesting that's like a hybrid pr proof of work and proof of stake, and they use proof of stake for something completely different, and this is voting. So for that reason, I think there is a future for proof of stake. But for actual creation of blocks, I don't think proof of stake works. Anyway, um, <clears throat> all right, let's see. EV are electric vehicles are superior even with their external costs. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. But uh, and you know you you're gonna you're gonna have to show me more numbers than just okay. Well, studies prove that. Like I mean, I'm I'm not even sure how you do a study like that, right? Like you're gonna have to get the cost of materials and the environmental impact of all of those materials. <clears throat> See when 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 you start thinking about environmental impact and things you're, you're uh, sort of creating two new prices. You have the market price of the actual good and electric vehicles in general uh, cost more than the than gasoline vehicles. Uh, but that's just one one aspect of cost. If you, if you have sort of like the second cost that you're thinking of, which is what's the environmental impact of the dollars that I'm spending? Well, then, then you then you're going to have to calculate that second cost as well, and that is not at all obvious and highly subjective to many people. Uh, like you can say, okay, well, the this tire, well, probably the tires are the same, right, on on both. So the environmental impact is probably the same, but there there's a much bigger battery in one than the other. Okay, what's the environmental impact of that battery? Well, that's kind of subjective, right? Like, do do you uh, like uh, you know some some of the materials for the battery come in some place from Canada or whatever? Is it endangering the life wildlife there? We don't really, I I don't know. Like uh, a, a lot of this stuff is uh, you know like only determinable on like hundred or thousand year timescales, not like immediately. It's uh, okay. Well, is it poisoning a well? Well, yeah, that 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 stuff is like a little more um, 
little little easier. But um, but you know, I, a lot of the environmental impact of some of these things, you know, these are costs that you can't really. Environmental price is not obvious. Is my point. Um, I like I said, I like electric vehicles. Uh, you know, my sister owns one. They have a great time with it. Um, I think they're great and uh, sort of uh, you know, but it's it, it's a. Uh, it's a calculation you have to make, and most people make it based on a market price thing, uh, because you you pay a little more upfront, but you pay less sort of going forward. Um, the the emotional sort of hey, uh, I'm polluting the environment less. I I don't think that's obvious at all, right? Like this, this it, it, and you know maybe there are studies that say one thing or say something else, but it's not obvious at all, and uh, and it's highly subjective, and, and and you know price is the only real objective metric that we have. Anyway, um, uh, lots lots of interesting comments going on over there. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I just wanted to make this video to talk about that a little bit. Uh, tangible, yeah, it's not tangible. Yeah, yeah, that is the word I was looking for. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to go hard on working on the book the next two weeks, so that's going to be my. My thing, um, I, I really need to do that before the Tampa seminar, and then like, uh, and then there's like spring break where I'm gonna have to take my family somewhere, and then after that, I'm gonna be in Hong Kong for a programming blockchain there. By the way, um, I think there's like uh, only like a week and a half left before you know the prices go up on that, so please sign up if you're interested. Um, yeah, and I, I'm trying to figure out if I can get like somewhere uh, a hotel in Seoul uh, right after um, Hong Kong, and you know try to do my seminar there. Um, so uh, that that's coming up. I'm probably gonna yeah. I, there, there's there's a lot of other things I need to do as well, which is why I can't eat sugar, I can't drink alcohol. Those things all like ruin me for like a whole day. So anyway um good things uh thank you guys for watching um you know i have my black hat on because you know it was uh you know kind of challenging something so anyway uh thank you for uh you know uh watching and uh and being with me on on these shows uh i i appreciate all of you and i i i i, I can't believe i get to do this for a living anyway thank you and this song is done <laughs>